Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambo, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out to what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Well, we... uh you know, opening up, and I like history, so I have no trouble with at all what I was teaching last night. But for some of you, it might have been a little boring, but hang on. It'll be okay. You know, you we're going to come out of it now. But in order to do what I'm doing, you had to understand from where it was coming from. And I know you know that because we want you to have all of this, not just a portion of this. Turn, turn with me in Matthew 24. That's where we're going to... We're going to start, and a lot of times I say only God knows where we're going to end, and I think I can say that this morning. You know, we do have with us uh, today, you know, I'm, I usually, I always ask, okay, who's come the furthest? Now, let's see. We've had people that have come from Texas, from Florida, from California, from Canada, all over, New York. But I believe we have in the room today with us somebody that came from Taiwan. Would you raise your hand? Praise be to God. Give him a hand. Donna was trying to teach me how to say hello in Chinese. Can you try, Don? Ni hao. Ni hao. Oh, me how? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, everywhere I've been in the world, and I've never been to Taiwan. Okay, that's a lot of places I haven't been, but forever other place I've been, I always walked out the first night, and I greeted them in their own language, okay? Because somehow that, that, that there's a bond, especially because, you know, as Americans, we're so arrogant, we think everybody ought to be like us, right? And so I would always, and, and it always did something. It always brought a bonding between me and those people. And finally one day, uh, I, I think I was in uh, somewhere in Indonesia, and um, anyway, um, one pastor said, well, he said, if you're going to take the time to learn our language to say hello, he said, it's worthy of us to respect you. so, I'm, And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll work on that, all right? Because, you see, I think, I think in, in, in Chinese it's Ohio. What? Well, that's close. <laughs> Not at all close. All right, so, so, I, so my language barrier is still in place, all right? It's, it's still there. But we're glad to have you. Thank you for coming. That's a long way to come to, to come to church. But, you know, uh, God does some special things. And no one here has come for no reason to not to receive and leave feeling like they didn't get anything. That's the thing I love about this anointing that God has given to me. It will feed you right where you're at today. And that's what's special. Amen? All right. If you found Matthew 24, if you did, then bless God. Start with me in the very first verse. And it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him 
for to shew him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now that's the first thing he said. Take heed that no man deceive you. Now he, being the Messiah, the Son of Almighty God, he knew. So the most important thing that was going to, that he covered here was covered in such a small area. Uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think seven words. Uh, I'm sorry, no, it didn't. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, okay. Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, what can a man be? Can a man be a man? Well, of course. Can it be man or woman? Yes, in the interpretation, it can. Could man be the church? Yeah. The man behind the bema in a church. The church would say, God forbid, that we could ever be deceived. And I think most of you in this room, if you've been around me very long, you, you fully understand. You fully understand why they would say that. Because in a truth, they believe that they have been uh, led by God. They believe that they have all the truth. In fact, I've had Pentecostals tell me that if God did anything new, they would tell the Pentecostals first. I've actually had ministers tell me that. And, of course, that's not consistent at all, as I've taught the transition to you. Uh, that's not the consistency of God. God, with every generation, brings up somebody that has sought him. Somebody that bless God that will walk away from the traditional church values and seek him through fasting and prayer until he come and meet with them. And it's always been that way, and it will have always been that way. Now, why would I say that? Because this is the last of it. This is the last and one of the greatest moves of God that there will ever be on the face of this earth. This move of God is the most dangerous move of God that there has ever been on the face of this earth. Millions are going to die believing that Jesus Christ is their Savior. Okay? Will they go to heaven? Yeah, most of them probably will. But the fact of the matter is, God is trying to do something different. Like I told you, prophets' places are to do one, and one very important thing is to prepare you for what's about to come to the face of this earth. Now, I'm sorry that some of you that are out here today think that you're so spiritual that you might know. But I'm going to tell you something, you don't, or you'd be up here and I'd be out there. You don't know what's coming. You don't know how to prepare correctly. And in the end, you and your family will die. You will die. Our arrogancy, our dependency upon this is going to kill off millions of us being Christians. This isn't a time to try to decide how spiritual you are and, oh, what God's told you to do in this time and an hour. That isn't even close to being consistent with God throughout the Scriptures. He only has taken 
the prophets. Well, of course, some of you sitting out here today feel that you're prophets. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you are, you will be in that room before this weekend's over talking to this prophet face to face. Don't anybody wait around the door, okay? Because I would have known. I know before I ever walk up here on Friday night who's out here, where they walk, and where they're at. So don't don't try the prophet, okay? Now, where was I at? So God says, let no man deceive you. Let, let nobody. Let no man deceive you. I finally got it. How many of you listen to me on the blog radio? Raise your hand. Praise be to God, I'm a rock and roll star. <laughs> yeah, well, then you know that I sort of misunderstood what Sister Donna highlighted three times on an email that was sent to me, right? About me thinking it was April the 21st. I don't know where that come from. I mean, when I looked down, there it was, jumping out of the way. But May the 21st, the church is going to be raptured. The church is leaving the earth on May the 21st, and judgment will come. This guy's got billboards around this country. Fox News said there was thousands that's fallen after this thing. Let no man deceive you. Could it happen? Ain't no way in the world it can happen. Scripture has to be fulfilled. I have to take that from home. Okay? The earth isn't going to end. The rapture is not coming, as I told you, in the first of the tribulation, nor in the middle of the tribulation. There will be a type of a rapture that will take place at the end, and nobody's going to care or maybe even know about it. All right? So don't get set for that. We're going through hell. Are you prepared to go? Okay? How are you going to get there? These are the, these are the things we're going to answer the rest of the weekend. Are you willing, number one... And this is probably the question that that you, um, about 35% of you in this room are going to have to make some big-time decisions here. The key is simply this. Give up and give in. Give up and give in. You're not Moses, nor are you Elijah, nor will you ever be. You're looking at him. Well, that sounds a little arrogant. Let it be or arrogant. Let it be whatever it is. God has only ever had but one leader. You're looking at him. So if you think you're that, that place, and I'm telling you that I know that I am, then the argument's over. There's the door. Give up and give in. Are some of you willing to step aside from all this spiritual, listen, crap that you're into? That God told me this, and God's told me that, and, oh, listen to my latest vision, my latest dream. Well, you know, I think Steve said something last night, and I'll say again, if you've been listening to me on the blog, you've been hearing me pound real hard on the fact that that's sin because it's pride. Right? It's pride. And pride is sin. Well, let no man deceive you. And it's something that that's what he opened up. For years I used to say, Man, Lord, you had all this other stuff down here to say that was really important. But no, he said, let no man deceive you. Now, this man, 
forgot his name, has said, now this guy I think is a mathematician, I, I, as I, what little I know about it, um, or what I was told, but he doesn't claim to be a prophet, but he worked out the numbers, okay? Do you know how many people throughout the history that we, that we can document have played this numbers game? How many of you got into the, uh, the Bible code? Some of you got the hardware and, and got in the computer and, huh? That didn't work out either, did it? No, I'm sorry. How many of you listen? And you'll listen to these people uh, back in, some of you in this room's old enough to have known in 1988 what was going on. <laughs> some of you aren't, so let me enlighten you. 1988, beforehand, a fellow came along also and worked this out mathematically. And he wrote a, a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Christ is Coming in 1988. Sold million copies or better, okay? People were preparing just like there's people preparing now, thousands, they said on Fox, getting ready to rapture off this earth. Did you ever think about that? Let me, let me, come, let me get over here. We're going to change coats here a minute. What would it be like to be raptured? Do you stand still? <laughs> Do you feel holy? <laughs> See, the, the church even forgot to tell us how we're supposed to act right before this happens. Or we just hang around, huh? <laughs> okay, we've covered that subject. But this whole thing comes down to one thing that's very important for you to understand. The false comes before the truth. What do you think that this is doing to the movement of Ephraim? It's taking people away from, you know, it, the people. And, and, and listen, a lot of people come into this thing. And, and try to still hang on to this rapture theory, thinking, well, you know, well, it isn't going to happen. Now, you do know, for those of us that don't believe we're going to be raptured, that the, that the Pentecostals came up with this little saying, then you don't get to go. If you don't believe in it, you're not going. I say, yeah, that's close. That's close. This God's a bigger God than all that. Now, could God do that? Well, sure he could. But like I said, why would God, now listen, leave his chosen, okay, at this point it's the little tribe of the Benjamites and Judah, leave them on this earth to go through all this hell, and those of us that are empowered, with the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish, why would he take us off this earth and leave them? Don't think so highly of yourself, okay? You ain't going nowhere. We're going through this thing, and we are going through it gloriously. If you will understand, when I get done this weekend, what you're going to have to do and do it, you and yours are going to be all right. But if you don't, I'm going to say it again, you and yours are going to die. He said, boy, I don't like talking like that. I'm sorry. Folks, we are not at a time where we can afford to play church with you any longer. We're not there. Not that we ever have, but I'm just saying with the church world. The church, like I said, the, the, the thing with the church is over. Get over it. 
Understand that God is doing something different, just like he did, bless God, when Yeshua came the first time. What we would call the known church on the earth, what were they doing at that time? They were doing the sacrifices. They also were keeping the five festivals. They were keeping Rosh Hashanah, New Moon, and, and bless God, of course, uh, uh, Pesach. And then all of a sudden, here's something new comes down the road. Well, that can't be God. Oh, no, 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 that's no, no, it's not God. And then the great argument began. Then the church began to believe that Paul said, don't keep the law. Kind of rhymes, don't like that part. Never was real good at that, but that works. And yet that was all wrong, if you've studied the material. So the church has not been consistently right about a lot of things. Now they, now, they weren't wrong about everything, but the problem is that it takes a major prophet of God, not some little girl that had a dream somewhere over in Europe of the church raising off the ground and some pastor saying, that's the catching away, thus the rapture was formed. can't happen that way. Spiritually, it can't happen, and most definitely by the Scripture, it can't happen. And yet we have millions of of Christians today, maybe they're not believing that the 21st day of May is going to be the time, but they still believe that time's going to come. These are dangerous times. Paul said these are perilous times these latter days will be. They're dangerous because in the balance of your hand lies life or death. Lies within the whole the balance of your hand for you, your families. So you see, if in fact let no man deceive you, can you deceive yourself? Absolutely so. Some of you sitting here are deceiving yourselves. Some of you that sitting here have heard me say, you have to make this a way of life, and some of you just haven't done that yet. You need to grab onto these tassels of this prophet, and you need to hang on, okay? So we're going in, we're going, we're, we're going to be taking one hell of a ride. But you're going to have to hang on because you understand? No, you don't. Some of you, some of you do. This vessel here is the one that's going to take you through this thing. Moses took them out of Egypt, took them through the Red, the Sea of Reeds, the Red Sea. Moses took them. Moses could have taken them straight into the promised land. What, what held them back? Some of them thought they knew, didn't they? Some of them thought they knew more than Moses knew. Hey, listen to me. That day that Moses and Aaron stood, Korah and all that was following him over here, the rest over here, the earth opened up and swallowed up Korah. All those that followed him, the men, the women, the children, the goats, whatever, whatever they, they were gone. That same swallowing up is going to happen, only it is going to happen first as all things take place first as I've taught you in the supernatural or spiritual world. But there is, in other words, you're not going to be able to do that unless you are of the heart of Joshua and Caleb. What did they do? When they were sent out to spy out the land, which the Lord God had given to us, twelve went out, 
Not only Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able to take the land. You know why they said that? Because Moses told them that that's what God said. It wasn't their opinion. They didn't, they, they, well, it was their, no, it wasn't their opinion. It was the fact that they believed in the leadership more than they believed in what they saw. These things here will deceive you. The Bible teaches us that we can't believe what we see. Okay? You have to believe in what the Scriptures tell you to believe in. The only way not to be deceived in this day, in this age, is to be people that are students of God's Word, people that will pray three day, times a day, more than about 20 seconds at a time, by the way, okay? And those of you that will fast. Many of you in this room, when you first came around me in this room five years ago, had never fasted at all. Some of you that were that way have made at least one 30-day fast. Many of you in this room still aren't fasting correctly. You better get your thumb out of your spiritual ears and listen. We're going to have to come into this thing together. Your opinion means nothing to God, nor to this prophet. Until you can get your opinions out of the way, and what you think out of the way, and understand something, it don't count with the prophet, and it sure don't count with God. We're not going to get anywhere with you. It's going to, you know, it's like trying to swim and somebody put a 50-pound weight around your waist. You're just you're going to sink. But I'm believing God, and I've sought God to a great extent that you can listen. Let those that have ears hear what thus saith the Spirit of God this weekend. Let them hear, Lord. Let them understand. Let them give in. Let them give up. Let it be over. Let them become servants. Pride is a terrible thing. Pride is a terrible thing. It's sin, okay? Yeah, God's had me beaten on that. I don't know whether we'll get through that or not. Okay. Fifth, fifth verse. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, I don't want to say to you that this fellow that's saying on the 21st of May that he's Christ. But he's definitely saying, follow me because I am hearing, or I put numbers together, or something happened, because there again, there's thousands of people that are believing that on the 21st day. Now, I wonder if that's going to happen in the morning or the afternoon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know whether he said, okay, at 6 a.m. Central Time. Get yourself in a position. Do you know the old position about getting in a corner and, and you know, Squatting down and kissing the lower posterior goodbye. Must not told. Who knows what position that is? Come on, lighten up a little bit. I know I'm trouble with Donna. Mm -hmm. Why well, didn't say it like I heard it? But is this exciting to people that believe in the rapture? Okay, now. 
So now he, he's saying that there's going to be those that come and say that I'm Christ. Now, okay, in their own way, is not the Muslim saying, Lo, Christ is over here? Their Messiah? Sure, they're looking, they're looking for their Messiah to come, isn't it? just happens to be as we're looking for the Messiah to come. The Hindu, mm-hmm, same thing, on on down. They're saying, oh, Christ is over here. Not, 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 not what you're doing. Christ is over there. As we get into this thing with the Antichrist, uh, you, have to, you have to realize that this, this man, and it isn't an organization like some people have presupposed. As I said, it will be an, organi- an organization, could even be a country itself, that will raise up with, with the son of perdition, the Antichrist. But the fact of it is that he is going to figure out a way to make everybody believe and understand and want a one-world church, except us. Somebody say amen. amen. A lot of church people are going to agree with this. Because why? They have been deceived because they have been the deceivers. Most of the church will fall into this. And so he's going to organize this to the place where Muslims are no longer going to kill the rest of us. See, that again, you've heard me talk about that. That's what this is all about. That's the reason there's over a million Muslim in, in Detroit. And for you people that live up there, congratulations, you won the lottery. <laughs> They're there for one reason and one reason only, to kill you and to kill your families. Well, now, not all of them are militant. I've traveled this world. I have sat and I have conversed with clerics of great power. And I got news for you. They have been what? Their minds have been seared. The schools here in America that are teaching these children, you know what they're teaching them? When you grow up, kill the infidels right in their literature. Some of you need to wake up and smell the roses, okay? I know when I first came back and began to travel exclusively here in North America, I made a statement, we're either going to kill them or they're going to kill us. And people, well, that's not the love of God there. Wake up and smell the roses. This thing is going to get ugly, folks. It's going to get past, well, oh, we're Americans and everything's going to be all right. As I gave the vision of us being infiltrated by the Muslims, the militant Muslims, how that, that makes some of you rest a little easier. 24 suitcase nukes are in this country right now just waiting for somebody to say, set them off. Set one off at a time. And it's going to happen. Why? Back in World War II, when we were in, uh, in war with Japan, we decided then that we were going to do something, so we began to take all the American-Japanese people and put them in concentration camps. God forbid! Isn't that profiling at its best? Okay? Why? To ensure the safety of this nation. Now... We're told that we're at war with Al-Qaeda. 
with a million Jew, uh, Jews, a million Muslims in just in Detroit alone, okay, the Detroit area. There's no Al Qaeda amongst them. Don't kid yourself. Don't 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 be that stupid. I mean, after all, they did come in, learn to fly our airplanes, went through our schools to do so, and then ran them into the, the end of the towers, didn't they? The Pentagon. Yeah. Are these bad people? I don't know they're bad people. They've, they've, they've sorely been misguided. Because here, Christ is over here. Their Christ. Their Messiah. Saying, you must kill all the infidels. Their entire thrust is one day that they will own the earth and the earth will have nothing but Muslim upon them. Or upon it. Pretty tough, isn't it? When we sound me like these are the fair-haired boys on the block, like we like to talk about us as Americans, do we? Let's go on. Sixth verse, and you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, that see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Well, sure, we've had wars and rumors of wars. Look what all is going on now. You know, that, uh, that whole thing that happened the first time over there, I think they called that desert storm and... Uh, Vision came to me before they decided to go over there, I don't know, eight months a year. And so I began to prophesy in that time I was on, I think, six different radio stations and a TV station out of Evansville. And I, anyway, I prophesied the vision that, that God gave me, and, and what God had me say was just simply that, yes, we're going to go into Iraq, but we're going to leave and we're going to have to go back. We're not going to get the job done. I went further and prophesied during that time, not at that point. But I prophesied the vision that America, again, would never win a war out and out. Like we went against Germany and all the war. No. Have we? Did we? Have we? Will we win the war in Iraq? No. Are we going to win and are we winning over in Afghanistan? No. What are we there about? So that they can have democracy. Well, ours is working so well right now. I would want to have that too, wouldn't you? Huh? <laughs> They're looking at us going, I don't, 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 don't think so. No, no, no. No, you're doing really bad. See, they're not, they're not stupid. Okay? So, so all of a sudden, we're, we, you know, all these things are going on. Decisions that we made years ago that were right, the things that are going on today that seem to be so wrong, and yet it's almost like, you know, you know when down in Jamaica, they say, I remind, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. Hmm? Don't worry. Well, um, yeah, somebody better start worrying because, we, you know, again, we, 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 we've, we've got a problem here. This thing has gone down the tubes. As I said, it's over. There's no way to resurrect this thing. But this was done by the hand of God because this nation defiled this living God. It's payday, folks. But the fact that it's also payday and at the same time 
we are coming to this time. Okay, now, now, so he goes on the seven verses for nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, there has been, pestilence, there has been, earthquakes, there has been, and in diverse places, and there still are. Now, after the tsunami that took place and killed all those hundreds and thousands of people, God said, tell them that you're now in and this is the beginning of the sorrows, which was really the beginning of the end of the sorrows. But it was still just sorrows. What has happened, I think, when they say 300 and some or 400 and some people were killed in that outbreak of a one or two day period of the tornadoes. We had something like 14 tornadoes right here around this area at one time over two or three days. That there's, you know, these, these things are, what, what are the, they've always gone on. But here's the thing that God had me to prophesy all those years ago. He said, tell the people that the earth, no, I'm sorry, the tornadoes would double in one year to be assigned to them. Now, Donna did something years after that. In fact, I think it was... I don't know how many years. But anyway, she looked it up, I guess the computer thing, and found out that the year that I prophesied it to the next year, now listen, that the tornadoes exactly doubled. History, okay? But it was a sign to them that, that, that this thing, of the because they call this in here the tornado alley. We get a lot of the jet stream works and gets a lot of storms, a lot of tornadoes. Didn't used to. When I was a kid, if there was one tornado a summer that came through here, that was big news. Now, every time there's a storm comes, there's a tornado somewhere. What's this about? What was all this about this past week here in Alabama and in the south? Listen, just the beginning of sorrows. Homes destroyed. Entire areas no longer there. No trees, no houses, no nothing. What's that about? That's about a God that has tolerated all he's going to tolerate. We are so smart, scientifically, medically, militarily, whatever. How, they haven't come up with anything to stop this, have they? Why? Because they can't. You can never outdo the Creator, all right? You can't compete against Him, and you can't stop what He sends to this earth. And I spoke and I said that these things would become worse, and they become worse, and they become worse, and they become worse. I don't know how much worse it's going to be, but folks, this is a bad deal. It's bad enough that every time now there's a storm system comes through, everybody's got the, the, the old uh, weather alerts thing turned on, don't, don't we? Well, if you don't live in here, you don't know much about that maybe, but, but it's true for here. What is going on? We're in the time of sorrows. But you see, the time of sorrows, and this is important for you to understand this statement because of some of the other things that I'm going to talk about. When God... Unless it's Pacific judgment and says, in this case, the time of sorrows, the first earthquake didn't become at the end or the beginning, I'm sorry, sorrows, didn't, you know, one didn't happen and okay, here comes the big one. 
No, it didn't work that way. Oh, there's been big earthquakes. It is a gradual. It's a gradual. It's a gradual thing with God. Keep hoping. And you know, when I prophesied back in 93 about what God had given me, which is up on the, uh, on the web uh, site, one of the things that I said that these, these storms and all these earthquakes and these things would just gradually become worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then people would get to the place where, well, you know, oh, and listen, we've had enough tornadoes in through this area. Oh, that's too bad. Instead of, oh my, what's happened to us? You understand what I'm saying? And so because of that, bless God, we, it, it's almost like we, we, we have become, and I don't want to say um, <laughs> well, complacent would be all right, to the place where, bless God, you know, this stuff's just going to happen, and oh well, oh well, it didn't get me. Well, that time it didn't, or this time it didn't. Now, it goes on to say, ninth verse, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and, let me turn the page, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. Now notice that after, after, after the beginning of sorrows, then does he change complete direction here? No, he's, he's still prophesying, and he's still bringing this thing home to roost, if you will. He said, then, after the beginning of sorrows, he said, there's going to come a time that they will deliver you, and you'll be afflicted, kill you, and you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Has that time come? Look up up here. No. But we are at the very doorstep of that time. Before this is over, they will be hunting you and yours down like dogs to kill you. Like dogs. Wait a minute. Now, 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 prophet, I've, I've gone along with you part of the way here. But now you've, you've, you've really jumped a no, no, I'm sorry. The blood of Jesus will cover me. The only thing the blood of Jesus did for you, which is everything, is to give you passage to heaven. Okay? And if you don't know that, then again, you kind of missed that, missed that portion somewhere, didn't you? Yeah. You said it's going to be that bad? Oh, it's going to be worse than that. You see, that, that, that's just a portion of this thing. But you've got, what you've got to understand, folks, you're going to have to find oh, a way to escape. Well, I'll just call on the name of Jesus. Yeah, millions are going to die. That, that's great. What do you mean? You mean there's no protection in that? Not when the Lord God gives specific direction. Okay? And that's what God is trying to desperately do through this prophet even here this weekend. What I am teaching this weekend will follow Ephraim many, many years. Okay? But we have, to, we have to get ourselves prepared, first spiritually, then mentally, okay? And we have to begin to realize this stuff is coming down like a ton of bricks on top of us, okay, on top of us. Now, so evidently that time is yet to come. Now, now he goes on 10, he says, And then shall many be offended, 
Okay? And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. There will be brothers and sisters, okay? Next door neighbors, aunts, uncles. When all this starts, and it's going to start, going to turn you in. I don't doubt that they're not going to put a ransom upon every Christian on the face of this earth. Well, how could that be? It's in the book. It's in the book. Well, 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 maybe I'm just going to believe in the rapture. <laughs> like I said, I like, you know what, I'd like to believe the rapture too. You know, I'm, that would solve this whole thing. We could be running around the building, jumping up and down, and having a big time. But that's just not going to happen. The sad thing is going to be those people that believe in that, as I said to you before, are probably going to take the mark of the beast and burn in hell. And isn't that going to be a shame? A lot of blood is going to be upon the hands of the church when this thing's over. Why didn't you tell me? That was one of the visions that I saw. I saw a parishioner grabbing onto the, 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 the coat of a pastor and saying, Why didn't you tell me, pastor? Why didn't you tell me that there wasn't going to be a rapture? He didn't tell because he didn't know. He didn't know to tell him. Just because you cry out in the name of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus doesn't mean that you're going to know all that you need to know if you're going to know anything. Because what? The Lord God does nothing except He reveal His secret unto His servants, the prophets. Nothing. These are tried prophets. These aren't the kind that get off and down the basement and bless God that, that's never been reproved by other prophets. No, no, it don't work that way. We get hundreds of people emailing us and writing books about their prophetic experiences, none of which has any experience to go along with that. I don't write back. If I did, it would be real simple. This is the way familiar spirits act. This is the way they operate. You've fallen into it because you neither took the time nor thought you needed the time because only the Holy Ghost leads you, so you don't need to sit under a seasoned prophet and learn. And you were deceived. Let me tell you something about those people. Those people will end up burning hell. These people running around here saying God said and God said and God said and God this and God that. It's familiar spirits? No, I'm sorry. They're not going the same place we're going to go. Now, it goes on to say, they'll hate you. Okay, 11th verse. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now, is this guy a false prophet? Yes, he is. The saying on the 21st of next month that the rapture is coming, is he, is he deceived many? Absolutely. He is a false prophet because he has prophesied something that when it doesn't come to pass, then stamps him as what? False prophet. But he'll deceive many. He will deceive many. But he's, many, of these, many of these false prophets have come. Many of them have deceived many people. Many people have fallen away and no longer serve God. There are going to be people that's going to fall away when this thing don't happen on the 21st day of May, and it's not. That's not going to go to church anymore. 
They're not going to, because they believed in it. It let them down, and they're done. What kind of blood's that guy got on his hands? Ooh. I would never want to know. Okay. He says, and because iniquity in the twelfth verse shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know, we're seeing that now. I don't. I don't think near to the de- the degree that we're going to see. But I'm going to tell you something. The love of many wa- are waxing cold. There's no respect anymore. No, there, there isn't any. You know, I, I told the story about watching my great-grandfather when I was, well, I don't know, 8, 10 years old. Now, my great-grandparents had 11 children that lived. And by the time I came along as a great, and they had great-great-grandchildren, they were 90-some years old before they went on to be with the Lord, would have family reunions be over a hundred and some people. I don't know. I don't remember the numbers. And my grandfather, my great grandfather, would sit over under a good shade tree there at the park. The girls, his girls, okay, children, would be sure that he had coffee or he had this or he had that. And then every once in a while, he'd get up out of that chair. He'd look around. There he went. He put his hands behind his back. I call it touring the grounds. And after a while, he'd come back across there, and he'd have some lad by his ear. (laughs) Thank God I was never one of those lads, okay? And he would take that young man to his father, and he'd say... The lad here has misbehaved, and he said, I thought I'd just bring you, bring him over to you. He said, there's a, a building there. He said, uh, that'll work. Just, he said, you, you need to take him back there and give him a, a few lashes. The next thing you heard is this kid screaming behind the building. Now, listen to me. Never one time in the years of growing up with my great-grandfather, he was what? The head of the family. Everybody respected that. Never one time did any of his immediate family, let alone those that were, were ever look at him and say, well, um, what you, boy, what did you do? Mm-mm. They got up, took the lad behind the building, and gave him a few lashes. He was the leader. Nobody questioned whether he was right or wrong. Okay? Now, that uh, passed on to my grandfather. He was the oldest of the boys. When my great-grandfather went on, my grandfather was then the head. And it continued in that way. As myself growing up and my brother and my sister, we knew something for a fact that, that blessed God, that, that uh, Dad, uh, my, our dad, never uh, sat there. And, uh, now, listen, you've heard this one. Johnny, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't climb that tree, Johnny. Johnny, now, I told you not to climb the tree. Now, get out. Johnny, if you don't get out of that cockeyed tree, I, I, I'm going to whip your butt. Johnny, this is the last warning. 
Come on, I'm talking to most of you because that's the way most of you operate your families. No, no. My dad would say, Tom, don't do that. And you know what? Tom just didn't do it. You know why? Well, my dad called it the coon dog effects. He said, now that old coon dog, he said he's smart, but he's boneheaded. And he said, you got to kick the slack. Notice what I said, slack. Not what you thought I said, was it? Out of him every once in a while to get his attention. He said, lads are the same way. He said, somehow they just, you know, they don't, don't. But no, no, we knew that if he had to say, in my case, Tom the second time, Tom was going to be in there, leaned over the bed with my bare bottom showing, and he was going to bring his leather belt in there, and the next thing you knew, it was going to be leather to my butt. Pain seems to bring gain somehow, doesn't it? Uh-huh. And so I learned very quickly, just do what Pop tells me to do, and me and him get along fine. And there's nobody that ever respected their earthly father more than this prophet. Absolutely. And still do today. So where did we go wrong in all this? I don't know. We were talking about this morning. Folks, I don't know. Generational thing. A God thing. Within timing of the, these end times. I don't know. Today, nobody ever thinks about checking with whoever is the head of something, when they step outside the box and start doing something over here that wasn't inside that box. You know what I'm saying? There's rules. Most of you understand the rules. If you've been around a while, and some of you every once in a while just step outside the box and you make a new one for yourself. Who told you to do that? Well, what's it hurting? That's called rebellion. Rebellion is sin. That's the sin of witchcraft. So, the generation below me seemed to somehow to have been deceived, and they have been. And because of that deception, we're now walking in an area like walking a tightrope with God. It can go, it can go into any direction at any time. You know, I've said, I said, hey... If you don't know what you're doing outside this box to be right or wrong, pick the phone up and call. Then I can tell you yes, or I can tell you no. But that see, those decisions are yours to make in your home, mine to make here. All right? I'm not saying we're... We're dictating to you everything you do at your house. That that comes under, you know, the awesome of the, of the Word of God. You need to study that to find out how you should act. But see, we, we don't have the kind of discipline that, that we got. And some of you here is old enough to really know what I'm saying to be the truth. Those of you that are under that, you're just kind of looking here and looking off in space going, well, we'll take your word, prophet, but. Uh, but. And that's, uh, that's sad, but, it, you know, it's coming full term. And it is. Now, you know, the wild thing about this, it says iniquity will abound. You know, I have said for a long time there's as much sin in the church as there is in the world, and there is. I could write, I could write a book. It's hard telling how many hundreds of pages just involving what I've been involved with, with pastors, other ministers, 
that bless God, that are trying to walk behind these holy beamers, that have enough sin in their life to sink a boat, have had to too many times to stick around after service and have to tell pastor that he's a queer, that he's a drunk, that he's in an altar. Too many times, and I don't mean just once or twice, I mean too many times. But you see, again, I, I, and I've always said, God, it, you know, if you had set the system up, like I can tell God something, right? But if you would have set the system up that every time, every time we sin, lightning would strike about from here to the, the bema. <laughs> huh? Straighten us right up, wouldn't it? But no, God gave us choice. He said, uh, I have put before you blessings and cursings, life and death. You choose. The choices that we have made because we stopped listening to the elders, okay, to the older ones. What did the Scripture say? Paul said, look, young guys, you know, let, let, let the elders teach you. Young girls, let the older women teach you. But see, we've got into this thing of dependency upon no one because we're so smart. The old man that told me when I'm about 30 years old, and I'm blowing my mouth off about something, if you could imagine that. Some of you got that, some of you didn't. I don't know what it was we was talking about now, but something to do with something. And the old man's about 70 years old, and he looked at me and he said, Yep. He said, boys, to have 70 years of experience, you've got to live 70 years. You know, at 30, I'm going, what's this old man? What, what, what's his problem, huh? I'm 65. He was dead on the money. Experience is everything in life, in the flesh. It's everything. See, that's the reason I know that you people that give them to me and write to me and talk to me, or talk, don't ever talk to me on the phone, but talk to Donna, and you're all this spiritual stuff, you got no experience to go with it. Don't I hear from God? Is that what you're saying? No, everybody hears from God. The problem is that some of us think that we hear from God in the deeper things than others. No, you don't. Like I said, you're going to spend the first 10 years, 15 years, of hearing God say, straighten this up, straighten that up, get this taken care of your family. And by the way, men, put the pants on and wear them. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you.